we need to, and I don't know where your pit stop would need to be, but, you know, if you have a Beersheba-type place, Jacob went to Beersheba to offer sacrifices to the Lord. He wanted to hear from the Lord. And sometimes we need to just hear from the Lord. We need to get alone. We need to seek the Lord's face. Because if we have the confidence that God is calling us to take certain steps, certain paths in our lives, then it will give us the strength to stay the course when things may not always necessarily go as planned as you might plan in your life. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Father, we thank you for this night you've given us to gather together to worship you. And we ask, Lord, that you would be with us now as we look into your Word. Teach us, we pray, by the power of your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Tonight we are looking at Genesis 46 and 47 from Beersheba to Egypt. We've got Jacob and his family traveling down to Egypt, and we find in chapter 46 that he has to make a pit stop in Beersheba. And so I titled uh, Genesis 47, I titled it, Wisdom in Times of Economic Downturns. Now, I gave it this title several years ago, probably after 2008. We went into what is now by some called the Great Recession. Some would even say that we were on the edge of depression where the markets fell. We had the crash there in 2008, and it took quite a few years to recover. So the last time I went through this passage, this really spoke to me. And Joseph's dealings in the next five years of the famine and what ended up happening with the people, we kind of see it all laid out here in this passage. And I see a lot of us in the United States. And once again, we're in a place where now it's hyperinflation and we got the economy not doing so great. And even if you happen to be making more money, than you did the year before, you'll probably actually have less money because the economy is not great, things cost more, and we see a difficulty here. So Joseph got to deal with some of these things and some other things that take place in this chapter here in chapter 47, 
of Genesis. Again, I titled it Wisdom in Times of Economic Downturns. And so it tells us, oh, the key verse for, for me is verse 15. And it says these words twice, when the money failed. It says that twice. So when the money failed in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in your presence? For the money has failed. So when the money failed, it sets us up for this chapter. So it was, verses 1 through 3. Then Joseph went and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brothers, their flocks, their herds, all that they possess have come from the land of Canaan, and indeed they are in the land of Goshen. And so he took five men from his brothers and presented them to Pharaoh. Then Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? And they said to him, To Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, both we and also our fathers. So once in Israel, and the family reunion had taken place, and Joseph telling his brothers, When you are presented before the Pharaoh, it would be like for us, When I present you before the president, this is what you should say. And uh, it would have to be a big deal, right? Uh, whether we like a president or don't like a president to be invited to the White House, uh, whether for or against is still a big deal and historic place. I'm sure it was for the brothers as well to be presented and to even be instructed on what they should say when they stand before the Pharaoh. And so the Pharaoh was so pleased to have Joseph's family with them. I believe the Pharaoh didn't want Joseph to go back to Canaan. Joseph became Egypt's savior at this time. And Pharaoh knew that he needed them there, needed him there. And so bringing his family up was the best way to accomplish this. And so they were given the best of the land, the land of Goshen, for their family, their flocks to dwell in. And they also made Joseph's brothers chief herdsmen over his flocks. In verse 4, they said to Pharaoh, We have come to dwell in the land because your servants have no pasture for their flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now therefore, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you know of any competent men among them, then make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. So they not only got to dwell in the land of Goshen, a well-watered area, probably off the Nile. And what made the Nile, and still to this day, makes it so significant, is that when it overfloods the banks, especially then, I don't know how much mankind has prevented this from happening, but there in the delta brings the silt of the water onto the land, makes a very fertile and rich land. And so we could envision that they had a very fertile and rich land for their livestock to dwell on. Plus they got a job to work for the Pharaoh as chief herdmen, herdsmen over the flock there. And then verses 12, 7 through 12, Jacob blesses Pharaoh. Joseph brought his father, Jacob, and set him before Pharaoh. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Jacob, How old are you? 
You look so old. And Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life, and they have not obtained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. I haven't lived as long as my dad, Isaac, or my grandfather, Abraham. And so once again, verse 10, Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from Pharaoh. So we learn his age as he came down into Egypt, 130 years. And we will read again that he would stay another 17 years there. So 147 years when he would pass away. So he blesses the Pharaoh. And so the greater, according to Scripture, Hebrews 7, 7, the lesser is blessed by the better. So the lesser, Pharaoh, is blessed by the better, Jacob or Israel. Israel, as the prophet of God, as a man governed by God, blesses Pharaoh. I thought of something else here as well as I read through this. Actually, I read through it uh, before lunch, when I had lunch, and I always tend to just keep thinking. Um, had it all together. But I thought about the importance of what Jeremiah was told by the Lord to tell the children of Israel when they would go into captivity in Jeremiah 29, 5 through 7. Judah was going to go into captivity for 70 years. The false prophets were saying, you may go into captivity, but God's going to deliver you. It won't be that long. And Jeremiah had a totally different message for them. He actually said, build houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens and eat their fruits. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may increase there and not diminish and seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried captive. Pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. In its peace, you will have peace. Now, I know that Israel is going down to Egypt not as captives. They would become captives there in Egypt. But at this time, they didn't go down. And it wasn't Egypt's intent to bring harm to this nation or this people group. But I believe Jacob understood that his livelihood at this point was tied to the success of Egypt. They were joined together. And I think that's true for us as well. Jeremiah said, you're going into captivity and don't listen to the false prophets. Instead, build houses, dwell in them, plant gardens, eat their fruit, take wives, um, have sons and daughters, give wives to your sons, let them have sons and daughters and seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive. And I think we should seek the peace of the nation that the Lord has planted us, where he has planted us. Here in Lake Villa, in this county, in Lake County, Illinois, <laughs> I know that we live in a very blue state, that 
whether Democratic, it seems, or Republican, a lot of our governors end up in prison, some federal prison. It doesn't speak well of our state, but it's just been the fact, and we've had it on both sides, whether Republican or Democrat. But we should be seeking the peace of this city because we are tied to the success that could be found here. We should pray to the Lord, for in its peace, you will also have peace. Verse 11 and 12, it says, And Joseph situated his father and his brothers, gave them a possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded, so Goshen and Ramses, the same area. Then Joseph provided his father, his brothers, and all his father's household with bread according to the number of their families. Joseph had told his brothers in chapter 45, verse 7, God has sent me before you to preserve a prosperity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. And now God has accomplished that through their obedience, Joseph's obedience to the call that God had put upon his life, but also his willingness to be that person that would help save his family alive. That deliverance is now realized. From here on, we have from verses 13 through 26, Joseph uh, has to go to work. Family vacation is over. He has to deal with five more years of famine in the land. So we pick up verses 13 and 14. Now there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt, in the land of Canaan, for the grain which they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. So once Joseph had settled his family, he had to get back to work dealing with the famine and his duties there. And the people of Egypt and the people of Canaan, the famine was so severe that they used all the income that they had, all their silver, gold, whatever commodity that they had to trade with at that time. Their money failed at that time. Unlike our country, Need more money? Just print it off. No. Once the money failed, the money failed. And it said in verse 15, twice. So when the money failed in the land of Egypt, in the land of Canaan, the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us bread. For why should we die in your presence? For the money has failed. Then Joseph said, Give your livestock, and I will give you bread for your livestock if the money is gone. So they brought their livestock to Joseph. Joseph gave them bread in exchange for their horses, the flocks, the cattle, their herd, and for their donkeys. And he fed them with bread in exchange for all their livestock that year. So another year goes by. But now the people, they have no more money. They have no more livestock, which was probably for them a blessing to get rid of the livestock. Because if you can't feed yourself, how are you going to feed a cow or a horse or a donkey or lambs? I mean, they're important, yes, but 
their life was more important. So they gave up all that they had that year. And so it says, verses 18 through 22, when the year had ended, they came to him next year and said, we will not hide from our Lord that our money is gone. My Lord also has our herds of livestock. There is nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our lands. Why should we die before your eyes? Both we and our land buy us for our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants of Pharaoh. Give us seed that we may live and not die, that the land may not be desolate. And Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh, for every man of the Egyptians sold his field, because the famine was severe upon them. So the land became Pharaoh's. And as for the people, he moved them into the cities. He, he bought their land. He bought their lives at this point. He moved them into the cities. They, it sounds like they lived the suburban life prior to the famine. Things were good, but they had to come into the city, head down to Chicago or New York or L.A. It would be wonderful. You'll own nothing and be happy. So they tell us in nine years from now. And as for the people, he moved them into the city from one end of the borders of Egypt to the other. Only the land of the priest he did not buy, for the priests had rations allotted to them by Pharaoh. And they ate their rations which Pharaoh had given them. Therefore, they did not sell their lands. So up to this point, Joseph moved the people into the cities, better able to manage them. And when the famine was over, he would give them seed to sow, and they were to set aside 20%, one-fifth, of their produce from that day forward. So he enacted a tax upon the nation, upon the people, and it seems that they didn't even have taxation prior to this as well. Really worked out well for the land of Egypt. Verses 23 through 26. Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have bought you and your land this day for Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the harvest that you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh, four-fifths shall be your own, as seed for the field and for your food. So they kept four-fifths. They kept the seed to reseed their fields, but also to provide for their families. But one-fifth, 20%, went to Pharaoh. And so you have saved our lives. Let us find favor in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. So they didn't have a problem with it. They were living. They were alive. Verse 26, Joseph made it law all over the land of Egypt to this day that Pharaoh should receive one-fifth, except for the land of the priest only, which did not become Pharaoh's. So they had a tax put into law. I wish 20%. That would be sweet because we pay a lot more than that today. What interests me about the famine is that the Egyptians knew it was coming. So we've taken it all the way through the famine at this point. There were seven years of plenty and seven years of great famine that would be so severe that the seven years of plenty would be forgotten. Everyone who heard the prophecy, the dream, and the interpretation, the dream of Pharaoh, the interpretation by Joseph, 
had a heads up that the famine was coming. Everyone could have prepared for the famine, but they only lasted two years and they were out of money. Another year, they didn't have any livestock. Another year, they didn't own their own lives and their lands. I think there's wisdom in taking heed to the economy around us and to prepare, to do our best to prepare. And I know it's hard um, to have that type of preparation. Sometimes we here in the United States tend to live off of debt, and that debt can become trouble to us if we tend to live our lives that way. And so there's wisdom in what Joseph did here in the nation. All the people failed. Even the priests, the religious rulers, would have failed if it wasn't, hadn't have been for Pharaoh allotting them funds that they were able to eat and to keep their lands and that which they owned. But also as I was thinking about this chapter, I was thinking of Egypt itself was blessed because of Israel. It was the promise of Genesis 12.3 realized for the nation of Egypt where the Lord said to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. At this point on the front side of the 430 years, God blessed Egypt because they blessed Israel. On the back side of that 430 years, God would curse Egypt because they would curse Israel. And so one nation, we see this example of blessing and cursing played out in the nation of Egypt where they were favored and God blessed them greatly, where they cursed Israel and God would judge them greatly. So Joseph's pledge to his father in verses 27 through 31, we finish the chapter. It says, So Israel dwelt in the land of Egypt in the country of Goshen, and they had possessions there and grew and multiplied exceedingly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the length of Jacob's life was 147 years. And when the time drew near that Israel must die, he called his son Joseph and said to him, Now, if I have found favor in your sight, please put your hand under my thigh. Remember, Abraham did this with his servant. I want you to make a pledge. Put your hand under my thigh. That's how they did it then. We don't have to do it now. John, Pastor John, could you put your hand under my thigh? I want you to make a pledge. It's like, really? All right, we don't do it that way. Just let's, can we shake on it? I'll shake. That's how they did it. When time drew near that Israel must die, he asked, put your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Please do not bury me in Egypt, but let me lie with my fathers, and you shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in the burial place. And he said, I will do as you have said. And then he said, Swear to me. And he swore to him. So Israel bowed himself on his head, bowed himself on the head of his bed. Some read that that should read, bowed himself on the head of his staff. Either way could work. I remember he had to walk with a staff. After he wrestled with the Lord there at the brook Jabbok, 
and the Lord dislocated his hip. And uh, from that moment forward, he walked with his staff. But at 147 years old, maybe he bowed himself on his bed as well. But the promise, bury me in the promised land. This was so impact Joseph that he also would make the children of Israel pledge to bury me. We'll read about this in chapter 50, but bury me in the promised land. We'll talk about this in a, a few weeks. But uh, I am waiting for the day for two mummified bodies to be found in the land of Israel because we read about two of them in Scripture being there, Jacob and Joseph. I just hope one day they dig around in one of those caves and they find a couple of Egyptian mummies thinking, how did these get here? It's like, well, let's look in the Bible. It's written right here in Scripture for us. Pray that God would bless you and keep you, that His face would always shine upon you and give you peace. God bless. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.